This ain't no disco. This ain't no country club neither. This is RVA. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Oh La La in the Dungeon. Wait, is this episode 15? I believe it is. Losing track of the numbers, guys. Welcome back to Oh La La in the Dungeon. Time flies when you're having fun. It it truly does, especially in July. And in Richmond. Yes. (laughs) Speaking of July in Richmond. Yes, tell us what you've been up to. Well, I've been up, we've been up to a lot. There is so much to do this time of the year, so we really packed it in. I went to Blue Atlas with my friend Jess and her football and kickball team, and we watched their friend play in his jazz trio band called the B-Sides. They were really good. They played covers of, like, Billy Joel covers, Just the Way You Are, but it's, like, all instrumental, and it was really, really really relaxing. Um, Also, Blue Atlas switches out their menu a lot, um, and it's on the fancier side, so I highly recommend this place for a romantic date night. Not really like a night with tons of friends, but maybe. But I'm going on a double date there on Wednesday. (laughs) You'll enjoy it. Um, You guys? What? (laughs) No, no. My friend Lindsay, who got married in Manchester, her and her husband. Oh, okay. Um, and then also, um, I went to Lakeside Tavern after that for karaoke, and we saw a guy perform Truth Hurts by Lizzo, and it was hilarious because everyone, like these two men were like breakdancing to it. Um, and then also another guy did Chop Suey by System of a Down, oh um, and that's one of my favorite bands. So. I've never heard anyone do either of those at karaoke. <laughs> you, you went to Lakeside and you didn't call me? I love that place. I, I mean, I was invited with a big group oh, of friends. Oh, best cheeseburgers! Yeah, I'll tell you, that's, that's, that's Korean food. That's right. The owner, he he's like he makes this uh like I don't know what's the word for it. It's like crossover foods. It's best stuff. Oh, like Asian fusion. Asian fusion. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and he's a nice guy. And they're, yeah, they're really nice people there. Good karaoke. Um, and then also I went to Bovine Burgers twice last weekend um, for boozy milkshakes and burgers. Um, they have the best milkshakes in the area, in my opinion. I highly recommend, even though I'm not so sure that they had AC because it was painfully hot both times we were there. Like, it was bad. I've never eaten in there. We order it to, like, Uber Eats all the time. but It's a fun place to go, but I guess not in July. Where's Bovine's? Downtown. No. Near, actually, no, it's in Carytown, near Cary Street. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to hurry up because I have a lot of stuff that I did. I went to Beach House on a Monday with my friend Sarah, and it ended up being a really fun night, and we sang karaoke again until midnight, and we got really wild. We made friends with the karaoke guys. One of them is uh, the guys that we met is Sean Speak, who we are going to have on the podcast in a few months. He had us singing backup while he rapped Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z. Um, he was hilarious definitely like the coolest hype man and he was dressed up as a gangster renaissance knight mm-hmm. on a monday at beach house i loved it what a mix um and then liz and i saw the barbie movie of course the day our- before it came out officially yeah. the preview night <laughs> we uh, saw it with our friends corinne and amy and ashley at cinebistro at the stony point fashion mall we dressed up 
in our best Barbie outfits. We drank cocktails. We ate lots and lots of popcorn. Until we burnt our tongues. Yeah. My tongue hurt. Well, it was like dried out from salt, I guess. I don't know. No butter. (laughs) They knew we were on a diet. Yeah, right. I know. I was like, where's the butter? Um, Then we did more karaoke at Caddy's. That was the theme of the week, I guess. Karaoke. Uh, Okay. And then let me, uh, we went to, I went to Beach House again the next day with my friend Jess for a Barbie costume contest put on by Glam Events, RVA. Our bartender was Rachel. I asked her, they were doing like a $5 special on these pink shooters. And I asked if she could put it in a martini glass. She went above and beyond by giving me a pink sugar rim, adding soda water, and she turned it into a fabulous cheap martini. And she did not have to do all that. It was so busy. So shout out to Rachel. She, and she won the Barbie contest. So she deserved it. She had the spirit of Barbie. Barbie is nice. Then I strapped on my overalls. I was like, where is this going? <laughs> I strapped on my overalls the next day. And I headed out to the Poetan Bonanza Rodeo on Rocky Oak Farm with Sarah. It was my very first rodeo. And now I can officially say, this ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> um, I ended up really loving it, even though... It's like animal abuse, but there is such a thrill in watching people get on an angry bull and surviving it. It was so scary, and I think that's why I liked it. It was like a roller coaster or like watching a horror movie. Uh, we also watched kids ride the bulls, too, and the really small kids yeah. did a sheep riding contest to see who could hold on the longest, and it was just like so fascinating. Uh, we also met a cowboy as he was coming out of the porta potty, and we asked him to take our picture. Uh, <laughs> yeehaw! Okay, one more thing. Uh, Liz and I. This is also a shout out to our new yes. sponsor. Liz and I had an opportunity to take a belly dancing class with Maya's Belly Dancing. We had a blast. We shook our booties with our coin belts that Maya gave to uh, us. And she was so generous. Oh my gosh, I love mine. She's really sweet. Her name is, is really cool Daisy. Yes, but Maya's Belly Dancing. Um, and we recommend this class to any ladies that need spiritual healing, want to get more in touch with their feminine energy, or just want to move around and have some fun. You can find her on Instagram at Maya's Belly Dancing. Um, and she also she offers classes at the Dance Space on Broad Street in Richmond and at, how do you say that, Liz? Tangueros. Tangueros in Midlothian. Um, and we'll be at the class Monday at the um, dance space if anyone wants to come hang with us. It's so fun. It so. is. It's really fun. Um, and a good workout. My abs were kind of sore. My calves and, hurt. Yeah. Yeah, my calves too. Um, okay, well, Olivia ran over what we did together, so I won't include that because we did a lot. Yeah, um, but... Um, my family and I had a lovely picnic at Agecroft Manor, um, for the Shakespeare Festival about two weeks ago. We saw the Comedy of Errors out on the back lawn. 
The cast is super talented, and that night there were like a billion dragonflies zooming around the audience. It was like, they were, but it looked like a movie. Like, it was so pretty. Um, And you can see the river from the lawn back there. When you're facing the stage, you're not facing that way, but like, we ate beforehand. Garden Grove Brewing was there. Um, They had some wine as well. Um, Of course, we took like four bottles of wine with us, me and my family, and of course, we finished it. Um, We also got amazing fried chicken from Mama J's. Shout out to Mama J's. They the best. Um, We did not have ham at this gathering, but I'm sure we will at another point, Olivia. Ham. Ham. Um, So the Shakespeare Festival is going on until the end of this week. I know, for sure. So catch it before it's gone, um, if you can stay in the heat. Uh, And then the following evening... Matt and I, my husband, we went to um, the Positively Delicious Gala with um, uh, benefiting the Positive Vibe Foundation. Um, Positive Vibe Positive Vibe Foundation, excuse me, I can't talk. Um, formerly Get Lost MD Foundation, um, prepares people with cognitive or physical disabilities for paid employment in the food service industry. That's cool. Um, Yep, there were several local chefs, bartenders, breweries, and wineries at the event, as well as an auction. Didn't bid or win anything. (laughs) Sadly, their mics or sound system was horrible, and we could barely understand. That was the only sour note. You kept getting shushed. Of the event. Well, other people in the audience did, not us. How did you not get shushed? You're the loudest person I know. When I'm around my daddy, I try to act civilized. A well-behaved baby Yes, girl. unless we're at a backyard barbecue. Um, the highlight for me was seeing Michelle Jones. She's like the head of the event, and she's so sweet. She, um, I know her from back in her pasture days. Pasture? Uh, R.I.P. That was one of the best restaurants ever. Oh. Um, and Chef Jason Alley's pimento cheese. Damn, that stuff's good. Ugh, so good. Um, keep an eye and an ear out for upcoming events by this amazing foundation. Word on the street is next year's event could possibly be a Christmas in July shindig, which would be a throwback to their pasture days because Michelle was the GM and Jason was the chef there. And every year they had a big Christmas in July event, which is how... Matt and I got to know Michelle because we obviously were like over the top in Christmas decor um, for that. And they oh, had AC is working for Christmas. I know, and right? Um, oh, and they always had kick ass frozen eggnog. Oh, my God. So I hope and pray that this comes true. Um, and then, yep, like Olivia said, we went and saw the Barbie movie. I remember the espresso martinis way more than the movie itself. Say love you. Um, and belly dancing was so fun. We can't wait to go back. Lee, what have you been up to? I'm almost 60 years old. What am I going to do? I'm, There's uh, a lot to home do. And it's and Richmond. I, I read and, and What about music. your movie club? Yeah. What about your friend that just left the dungeon? Oh, yes. Well, uh, <laughs> still most everything was here. But uh, it's, it's, so I went, yeah, we, I, did, I did go to see Insidious, The Red Door. 
Oh, yeah, you said that last awesome. time. That's the last time, yeah. So, really, I haven't done a whole lot in the past two weeks. It's been too hot to do that much. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah so talk Christmas in July. Yeah, the weather outside is frightful. I you know. know. So, but the fire uh, is also not I'd like to <laughs> bathe myself in frozen eggnog. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I've been making a lot of music. I've been playing a lot. So, uh, that's that's about pretty, pretty much it. Reading. I like in, in this weather. I'm sorry. I I have the uh, I have this thing. I don't like to go out between 11 a.m. and November 1st. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just it's just Rich was too hot. It's like and the humidity fest. Jeez. Yep. I, I I think y'all are very brave for going out to outdoor events this time of year. Well, if you drink enough alcohol, you don't feel anything. But always drink oh. a glass of water for each alcoholic yeah. beverage. Children. <laughs> All right, is it time to introduce our lovely guest? I believe so. All right, well, you guys, today's guest is an Instagram sensation with over 107K followers. Liz Thompson is an RVA vegetarian food blogger who creates tasty and healthy recipes for busy people. She goes by the username iHeartVeggies. She is also a cookbook author, a certified health coach, and a foster mom. She has been a vegetarian for 17 years, and her goal is to help people eat healthier and live happier. She believes that eating doesn't have to be complicated or expensive. She also knows how challenging it can be as a mom to feed picky toddlers and hungry teenagers. She has been a foster parent for four years with her husband, and um, they have fed kids of all ages. She adopted her son in 2023. And she continues to keep her home open for kids in foster care. Oh La La is not the only podcast Liz has been on. She has appeared on the Influencer Marketing Podcast, the Thrive Blogger Podcast, Starting From Scratch Podcast, and a lot more than that. Um, And we're very lucky that she's on Oh La La. So without further ado, let us welcome Liz. Yay! How are you, Liz? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the dungeon. I'm so glad to be in the dungeon. (laughs) Okay, um, so Liz, are you from Richmond? If not, where and what brought you here? I am originally from Columbus, Ohio. I grew up in Ohio. I was a Buckeye. And then Mm. after college, I moved to Richmond in 2010. And I kind of moved here for a job, but I really moved here because my brother and his wife moved here, and I was kind of following them. And I fell in love with Richmond. And now I've planted my roots here, and I am here for the long haul. Nice. Well, same here. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. It's interesting uh, you say that because uh, uh, Cincinnati is actually one of like the three biggest cities that uh, where our listeners are. Oh, really? Yeah. So shout oh, out to Cincinnati. <laughs> I think that's uh, my my one of my best friends from high school and growing up, Janelle. She lives in Ohio. Oh, that's oh. awesome. Yep, she's a, she just became a doctor, so she's she's one of our supporters. <laughs> um, so, at what age did you become a vegetarian, and why? So it was a very gradual process, and honestly, I feel like it was very easy for me because I truly just never really liked eating meat, and so as I got older and as I was able to cook more, I just sort of slowly made less and less meat dishes, Uh, but I really liked cooking, and I liked playing in the kitchen, and so my parents were kind of like, well, we're not going to make something separate, but if you want to make your own dinner, you can make your own dinner, and so pretty much after high school, I was like, okay, well, now that I'm like buying my own groceries and making my own food, I'm just not going to eat meat meat anymore and I thought it was just going to be like sort of a temporary thing and then I realized I didn't miss it at all Um, and I also kind of throughout this whole journey I discovered that 
I have familial hypercholesterolemia, which is a fancy way of saying that I have genetically high cholesterol. Like my liver can't process cholesterol the way that most livers can. And so my doctor was like, actually, if you stay vegetarian, that's probably better anyway. So that was like some more motivation to stick with it. And then just all the other environmental reasons and all that stuff. I was like, oh, this is convenient. And uh, I don't really miss the meat at all. (laughs) Makes sense. Um, This kind of leads into my question. For people who have been living under a rock, why is it better to decrease your meat consumption? Um, And also, can you give a brief like overview for anyone who doesn't know, like the difference between veganism, vegetarianism, pescatorianism, yeah, all the isms. Absolutely. (laughs) That's a very long question. (laughs) I think I can do this. So as a vegetarian, I eat cheese and dairy and eggs and things like that. Just no actual meat. Um, But like pescatarians eat fish, vegans don't eat any animal products at all. So no dairy, no eggs. Um, I really don't necessarily advocate for people to be vegetarian or vegan. I I really just want people to add more vegetables into their routine. Eat more more veggies. Exactly. (laughs) It's all about adding instead of taking away. And so um, most of the people that follow me aren't necessarily vegetarian. They're just people that want to add some more meatless meals into the rotation. And so I just try to find what are some easy ways to get people to kind of add some more meatless meals to their diet. I think it has a lot of benefits for the environment, for health reasons, even for budget reasons, you know, like black beans are pretty cheap. And so finding ways to maybe do black bean tacos instead of beef tacos on Taco Tuesday, like little things like that, I think can have a really big impact. And it feels much easier and more approachable to say like, hey, you don't have to take it all away. Just maybe like swap this in for a meal or two. I think that people um, get intimidated by vegetarian meals because they're like, what do I use for for me at least? Because I like go to the gym. What do I use for protein? Like, is it just black beans? Like, that's why I like your um, Instagram, because I look for inspiration because sometimes I don't always want to eat meat. Sometimes I get grossed out. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I don't, though. But I like meat, but sometimes I don't. It's weird. I know. I feel like I get more and more grossed out the older I get by me, like especially chicken. I feel like chicken has gotten worse as I've gotten older. I don't know why. I guess maybe because hearing stuff on the news about hormones and stuff, but also just looking at it, like I need my chicken breast to be like really paper thin. Mm -hmm. And like if my husband or anyone buys, like my mom's the same way. So if my stepdad buys like the thicker pieces of chicken, we're both like... There's a vein there. No. And also, I went to Floyd Fest, and there was a vegan tent, and they had a virtual reality thing that they gave to me, and it was at, like, the the people who volunteer. And I walked around a chicken coop with, like, chickens, Ugh. like, and it was really scary. Like, the ones that they use for, like, meat Purdue processing or and stuff. Yeah. This is how it all begins. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so... I guess you answered how you got interested in cooking. So when did you start your iHeartVeggies Instagram account? So it's kind of a funny story. I actually started blogging in 2010. So before Instagram, before TikTok, back in the ancient days of food blogging. (laughs) And I started a food blog because I had just moved to Richmond and I decided to go vegan. So I was already vegetarian. I knew I had high cholesterol at the time. I didn't know that it was a genetic thing. I thought I just had regular high cholesterol. And so I was 22 maybe. And my doctor was like, you need to be on a statin. Your cholesterol is so high. And I'm like, I 
I'm 22. Like, I don't want to take a medication. I'm going to go vegan. I'm going to go vegan for six months, see if I can lower my cholesterol. Spoiler alert, I did not. (laughs) I did not at all. And that led me to finding out that it was a genetic thing. But through all of this, I realized I didn't really know how to cook. Like, I knew how to make a few things, but I didn't really know how to make much. And back in 2010, you really couldn't find a lot of vegan options. Like, now Richmond is a great place to be vegan or vegetarian. But in 2010, it was not. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to learn how to cook. And so I thought, I'm going to start a food blog while I'm sort of learning how to cook. Because food blogs were really the only place that I could find a lot of vegan recipes back then. So I was following other food bloggers, and I was like, oh, this is like kind of fun. So after six months, I got my cholesterol checked and it had not changed. And I was like, okay, well then I'm going to eat cheese because cheese is delicious and I missed it. So, So after that, I was like, okay, I'm not doing the vegan thing anymore. But I was like, you know, this food blogging thing is kind of fun. Like it's kind of fun to get to like connect with people. And I was meeting other bloggers in Richmond and it was kind of like a cool way to meet people. I was in a new city and I didn't know a lot of people. So I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to like keep this food blog thing going. And then over the years Instagram came out and that became a thing (laughs) and now it's turned into a job which is not at all what I had expected or intended but it's been a really fun journey I was gonna say is it your main gig yeah yeah so I had been doing um social media strategy for a very large financial services company (laughs) here in Richmond and I did that for almost 10 years and then I left at the end of 2019 to run the food blog full-time and so it's been great it's like following your dreams. That's an yeah, inspiration to It us really all. is. Liz is in the process of following her dreams as a travel <gasps> yes. blogger. Whoop, whoop. Yes, I uh, quit the medical field, although I'm filling in for someone this week. But um, I'm in the process of taking like travel agent classes and stuff because travel is my biggest passion. So. I love that. Listen to us, people. The two Liz's follow yeah. your dreams. It's Liz worth it. Square. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this is a personal question that I just have to know. How did you get so many followers? What is your secret? Because we're trying to grow the podcast. How do you do it? Okay, that's a great question. And unfortunately, I feel like there's not a secret. It was really just that I started literally as soon as Instagram came out. And I've been doing it for many, many years. I do think that for me, one of the things that helped a lot was thinking about what is actually useful information for people? What is something that they're going to save, they're going to share, they're going to tell their friends? And so early on, I realized like if I post the whole recipe right there in the Instagram caption where you can see it, people are going to share it and save it a lot more. And so that helped a lot. And then through the pandemic, everyone was cooking at home. (laughs) So that was a time of growth (laughs) for the channel, (laughs) which was not great in many aspects, but it was great for my Instagram (laughs) channel. (laughs) And um, yeah, I think just finding different ways to connect with people and just trying to make sure that the information I'm sharing is stuff that people are going to want to share and save. That's probably like the biggest thing. That's actually really good advice. I feel like we can we can do that. Yep, and we probably need to do way more yep. hashtags and video content. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah. Do you do all of your own videography, or do you collaborate with people? Or I pretty much you? do all my own, and I really was like not wanting to do it. And then the writing was on the wall that it was like, "This is where yeah. things are headed. If you want to stay in the game, you got to learn how to do video." And luckily now with 
phone technology i can do i mean i can shoot 4k video on my phone like that's crazy yeah, that is. and then back you can be I, like real okay yes sure. back when i started <laughs> blogging my phone had a slide out keyboard so like i was not oh. using that <laughs> camera for anything so it's kind of amazing how much easier it is now to create pretty good content with your phone do you use a tripod with your phone i do i have one of those like fancy overhead tripod things Ooh, i have like nice. three different tripods depending on the situation <laughs> And where did you, sorry, this is like off topic, but where did you get those? Amazon? Yes. Okay. Yep. I feel like that'd be a good investment. <laughs> Definitely a good investment. You can't get a good tripod. <laughs> okay. Um, so you said that, f- that blogging is now your career. Uh, walk us through the day of a food blogger. Oh, that's such a good question. One of the things that I really love about my job is that I kind of get to pick and choose what I do each day based on what I'm in the mood for. And I didn't realize how much I would really like that autonomy, but I think it makes me more productive because there are some days where I'm like, I'm in the mood to cook. I'm going to do recipe testing. I'm going to make a huge mess and I'm just going to spend the day in the kitchen listening to podcasts on repeat. And then there's other days where I'm like, I kind of just want to sit at the computer and knock out all the administrative tasks, all the like nerdy stuff behind the scenes of like SEO research and analytics and reporting and all the nerdy stuff. (laughs) He loves nerdy stuff. And then some days I'm like, Ooh, I'm feeling creative. I want to shoot photos. I want to shoot video. And so I typically do recipe testing in the morning and then I do administrative stuff in the afternoon, but I do really love kind of getting to figure out what I'm in the mood for each day. That's awesome. That's really like fun, but what are some of the hard things that you experience as a blogger and Instagram? Like, is it hard? I'm sure it is. There are parts of it that are hard. I haven't found it difficult to find motivation. Like, I still really love what I do, and I feel like I'm pretty lucky to get to do something that I really enjoy. So, like, finding motivation to do this stuff isn't difficult. But I think the biggest challenge is just that things change constantly. It's like, oh, this Instagram algorithm has changed and now I got to figure out, do people want voiceovers? Do people want fast videos? Do they want every step of the recipe? Do they just want to see like, and so I feel like it's constantly trying to figure out what people want, what the algorithm wants, what my followers want. And sometimes it's a little bit of a guessing game. And I have tried so many things that don't work, but you kind of just have to be like, well, that didn't work. Like I'm going to just try the next thing and keep it moving. So it just changes constantly, but that can also be, that can be kind of fun too. Crazy. Keeps it fresh. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fresh. Um, let's take it back to the food. What, um, just some quick like tips. Go to her website for more. Obviously, I heart veggies. But um, <laughs> some quick tips like how to incorporate, like uh, some of our husbands may not be up on veggies not mine he loves veggies but um you know or kids whatever how would you say like let's hide this (laughs) I think there's a few things that can help I think having multiple options for the people in the family that might be a little bit pickier like maybe the whole meal doesn't center around broccoli but maybe you can add like a broccoli salad or some roasted broccoli or broccoli with a different dipping sauce or something that like feels familiar but isn't Mm -hmm. too out there I think there's also ways to kind of like tweak a familiar thing so maybe you're used to doing like ground beef tacos and now you're doing black bean tacos but you use the same salsa same toppings all that kind of stuff so that like especially for younger eaters it feels like a little bit 
bit less new and scary. Um, so I think that can help. I also think once you just sort of like have a few go-to recipes, it makes life so much easier where you're like, I know I'm always going to have the ingredients to make this particular curry or whatever something that just has like pantry staples on the nights when you're like oh I don't know what to make I'm just gonna order takeout it's like wait I know I have the coconut milk and the rice noodles to make this right. one dish <laughs> it's good right now I, I have so many 15 minute recipes and I'll, I'll tell myself I'm like I know that it will literally be faster for me to make this meal than to order takeout like <laughs> yeah so that can help too and it's good for your for the bank. Good for the bank. Good for the body. <laughs> if, if you weren't blogging and you were just doing regular cooking, like, would you have to do, like, so much prep? Or, because I think that scares people when they think about, like, vegetarian or vegan dishes or, you know, whatever. Like, anything new. Totally. I think that, I mean, I am fortunate that, like, we usually just eat for dinner whatever I made while recipe testing right. that afternoon. <laughs> um, but I also think that it doesn't have to be nearly as complicated as what it seems like on, you know, you see the food videos, you see the things that, like, just they have all these ingredients that you've never heard of. Right. You'd have to go to the store and buy, like, seven different new things that you're never going to use again. I try to keep my recipes to be things that, like, if you buy the ingredient, you can use it in these five things so you don't have this bottle of whatever that sits in your fridge until it goes bad. Um, I also think there's plenty of shortcuts. So, like, we eat a ton of broccoli in my house. I buy the pre-washed, pre-cut broccoli because I know that, like, I am going to use that broccoli. And for me, that's, like, worth the extra couple dollars to know that, like, it's ready to go when I need to just throw some broccoli in the air fryer. So, like, finding those shortcuts, I think, can also help a lot. I'm like that with coffee rice. Oh, I always get it pre-chopped. I do too. So smart. I hate making cauliflower rice from scratch, <laughs> yeah. so I'm with you. <laughs> um, Lee, do you have any questions food related before oh, we hop into some other topics? Oh, it's funny you ask. See, I am a, um, those of you who know, know about me, I, I went to the University of Richmond Culinary Arts Institute. Oh, I forgot, Lee. Yes. I did, and, too. And uh, so I was, a, I'm a, I was a big fan of I Heart Veggies a long time ago. And so when I heard you were going to be on the show, I was, I was really, I, so I, I'm doing the fanboy thing. Fangirl. I'm a fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love all your advice. And it's like, I, discovering vegetables was one of the great things about, you know, going to school. Uh, it's like, you, you're talking about how, yeah, you can, you can sneak it in on people and they don't even notice. Uh it's like adding like uh, mushrooms and black beans into beef. You can like reduce the amount of beef, and then one day they might not even notice it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but I found that like vegetables, it's very much the way you cook them. It's I remember I I used to thought I thought I hated asparagus, and because I always eaten stuff out of the can, lemon <gasps> juice. Then I had grilled asparagus, and grilled asparagus yeah. just made my day. I said, okay, this is now my favorite vegetable. But yeah, there's like, there's so many, but there's so much variety. I mean, a produce section is so big now. Uh, it's like, it's like, if you don't want onions, you can try leeks. Totally. It's like, uh, if you don't, it's like, or shallots. Um, mm. It's like, there's like four different types of tomatoes and they all taste different. So, I mean, do you have like a, um, like, do you have like a favorite type of onion or tomato you like to cook with? Ooh, that's such a good question. Oh, and then there's raw versus cooked. Yes. Ooh. So I am a big fan. I feel like. 
almost any vegetable, mm-hmm. I'll roast it. Like when in doubt, just roast it. Roasty. It's yeah. or throw it in the air fryer. Like that's my go-to. I am loving summer tomatoes right now. My husband mm. has a huge garden in the back that I will take no credit for, but the tomatoes are so good. And I think it's the perfect example of like when you eat local in-season produce, you barely have to do anything to it, and it tastes amazing. Yeah, yes. so good. My boyfriend's mom ha- is from Bosnia, and she like has an insane garden. Ugh. It's huge, oh. and she grows a bajillion tomatoes. And I have some right now, and they're so good, so good. Oh yeah, we made brunch the other week with some of those, and her potatoes—they were delish. Shout out to Medina, you're awesome. I love you. You're talking about cholesterol, and uh, I actually reduced my cholesterol by like ten points. By eating pistachios and cashews, I don't eat potato chips anymore, and it's like, and they're more expensive, and but they become their own form of addictive. It's hey, wonderful. worth it. But yeah, it's like <laughs> uh, I found out that cooking cashews sometimes people will think it's chicken. Oh, that's Whoa. so funny. Cashews are just an incredibly versatile ingredient. Like it's just amazing. You can make cashew cream. I know that all the good oh, vegan yeah. sauces. It's amazing. Yeah, the dip you the did on cheese, today's right? episode. I have oh that's going to be wonderful. You gotta try it. I don't know. It's like it's like it's so sinful. It looks it looks sinful. so good. Sinful. Yeah, and you can, you can tell I'm a big sinner. Uh. Okay, moving in. Oh, no. Oh wait, sorry. I got more. sorry. Excuse me, madam. Um, what are some of your favorite local vegetarian spots? Oh, yeah. oh that's that in Richmond. Okay, such yeah. a good question. And so funny because you mentioned Blue Atlas earlier, and that is one of my favorite spots <gasps> because they have so many really creative vegetarian dishes. Like, they do change their menu a lot, and they always have a lot of vegetarian vegetarian stuff on there so like that is one of our go-to like date night celebration spots because it is so vegetarian friendly but I have been so impressed with how Richmond has evolved over the last decade and like you can go pretty much anywhere and get an exciting interesting vegetarian meal that's not like a veggie burger or a salad without the chicken so I feel like it's been really fun to just see the dining scene evolve is there any other places that you can think of? Because we love to go to restaurants. Oh, this is like the hardest question. Um, you can also let us know later. Stella's for sure. Whether like, mm. I mean, I feel like I can rarely get into the, the actual Stella's. But like Stella's Market, so many good options. So many good like grab and go stuff. Salads. I love it. Um, but even like some of the classics like Kuba Kuba, some of the salads there. Like I just, oh, it's so mm-hmm. good. And it's just I just love being in, like, one of those Richmond spots, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm, I can taste their plantains. I'm getting hungry. So good. <laughs> we're going to tie it all back together, but yes. we're going to move into a different subject. So you said that you are a foster parent. At what age and why did you decide to become a foster parent? Such a good question. So my husband and I had kind of talked about it casually for years kind of like oh that would be an interesting thing to do um but we hadn't you know hadn't taken any steps toward it or anything and then finally we kind of got to the point where it's like okay I think I was like about to turn 30 and I was like we should probably just like figure out if we don't want to do this and if we want to do something else so we were like let's just go through the training and we'll just rule it out and so we went through the training and we joke that they're trying to talk you out of being a foster parent because they're basically telling you like all the horrible things that are going to happen <laughs> when you're a foster thing, parent though. yes which like is smart of them to I didn't even you. know there was training and I'm so glad there is there is intense training and 
It was about 99 pages of paperwork, I believe. Um, so it was a long process. But as we went through the process, we were kind of like, yeah, I think this is what we're supposed to do. Like, I think this is this is our next step. And so it actually like was an interesting timing because in 2019, I talked to my employer into letting me go part time because I realized I was spending all my nights and weekends on the blog and I was like, I'm not going to be able to work a job and have kids and also do this side hustle on all my free time. So I talked to my boss into letting me go part-time, which was incredibly generous of them. So at the beginning of 2019, I went part-time and that gave me time during the day to work on the blog and kind of see like, oh yeah, if I have time to spend on this, I can like make this a job. And so throughout that year, we were going through foster parent training and we got to the end of the year and we were wrapping up our training and it just became very clear that it was like, I can say goodbye to my nine to five (laughs) and do the blog full time, which was a huge blessing, not just financially, but also like gave us so much more flexibility, which turns out you need as a foster parent. (laughs) There are lots of appointments and lots of meetings and lots of things that just have to happen um, when they happen. And so at the end of 2019, I left my job, started blogging full-time, and then about three weeks later, we had our first set of kids move in. (laughs) So (laughs) it was kind of a whirlwind, but it all worked out. Um, Okay, so what was that like, getting your first set of kids? Can you explain the experience? Was it kind of scary, your first time ever doing this? It was bananas. <laughs> it was crazy because my husband and I don't have biological kids. And so we had a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 15-month-old. They ended All up only being with us for, they were only with us for about a week, but it was like our first experience in parenting. And it was like, oh, wow, this is a lot. <laughs> were they so, related? Yeah. And it was just a whirlwind week. And I think we learned more in that week than we had learned in like the four months of training before that. It was was a really interesting experience and it, I am so grateful that we had that time even though it was like very short and that had a good it had a, a good ending as good as they can I think um it was like oh wow okay foster parenting this is gonna be a lot but like we're we're in this <laughs> we're gonna do this I guess it was a good way to dip your toes into what it's gonna be like it really was it really was and then in March 2020 March 9th, to be specific, (laughs) about 10 days before the world shut down, we had an eight-year-old and a three-month-old move in with us, and they were with us for about a year. And so that was very interesting because we were not expecting there to be a global pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) So we knew that foster parenting was going to be challenging, but we were not expecting to do it alone. And that's kind of what it turned into in 2020, which was really, really hard, as I'm sure it was for most people listening. But now looking back, I can see we had so much more time with those kids than we would have in a normal world. We were all home together 24 seven, at least for a few months until daycares and things like that opened up. And Looking back, I'm grateful that we had the time, although I would not have said that in the moment when we were going through it. Um, So it was really hard, but it was also a really good experience. Was it hard to give them them away? I was going to say psychologically, how does that affect you? I'm like, 
I'll get yeah. attached to a bond leaf yeah. or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's so interesting because so many people say like, oh my gosh, I could never do it. I would get too attached. And it's like, that's kind of the point. Like the kids need to be able to experience healthy attachment. And so that means going all in, like opening up and being like, we are, we're in this. We're not going to like put a wall between us and them. And it does make it really, really hard, but it also makes it really special. Like, I think it's the thing that makes it worth it. It's like, they feel like a part of our family, even though they're not with us anymore. Like we love them just like we would love biological kids. And we're really fortunate that we're able to kind of stay in touch and sort of know what's going on with them. But, um, yeah, it is very difficult to say goodbye, but it's also the goal, you know, like the goal is goodbye. Um, so you said that not, not in a typical situation because it was the pandemic. You had them for so long. Um, so what is a normal window of time to have foster children and like, they just like, do they there bounce a normal around? Yeah. I wish that there was an answer. And we joke that the answer to every question is it depends. <laughs> and <laughs> that is the answer. There is like no, there's no timeline really. And that's part of what makes it tricky is like when you say yes, you don't really know if it's going to be a week or a month or a year or forever. And that's part of what makes it a very interesting adventure. <laughs> so like where... Why did they have to leave? Is there like reasons why they have to move to a different family, a different foster so families? The goal, the goal in foster care is to reunite kids with family, with relatives or family members uh, whenever that's possible. And so our, our hope is to just step in in that in-between time while they're kind of figuring out what the next phase looks like. And luckily that is often the case. And that's it's an interesting feeling because it's like I'm sad for myself but I'm so happy for them because like that's the goal like that's what we want to happen and I think that sometimes that message of foster care doesn't always get get spread that like that's the goal like you want these kids to be back with their families if they can in a safe and healthy way and so to get to be a part of that is really special gonna make me cry (laughs) well and imagine the ripple effect you have in their lives totally Totally. <laughs> Could you tell us a little bit of what the Richmond foster care system is like? Um, some of like sad stuff you've seen, great stuff you've seen, just anything? Yeah, I think that the challenges and the great things that we've seen here in Richmond are probably the same anywhere you would be. I think that most of these departments are underfunded. They don't have the support they need. The social workers and all of the people involved have a lot of work to do and not a lot of resources to do it with, which I think just makes it really difficult. But everyone that we've worked with and seen, like they care about these kids. They want to do what is best for these kids. And sometimes they don't have the resources and things that we wish they had. Um, But I do think that um, it's been really cool to see, at least here in Richmond, the way the community is trying to help and support these kids. The way is that local organizations and businesses and churches are donating and supporting and finding ways to host events for foster families or provide a discount to foster families or find ways to celebrate birthdays and holidays and milestones and things that might otherwise kind of go unnoticed, especially for kids that are in group homes or aren't in like a foster home. How do you make sure that they get a birthday and that they get to celebrate graduation and all those things? And there are some really amazing organizations, um, 
Worth Day is Celebrate RVA. There's some great organizations that are doing so much work behind the scenes to make sure that these kids are supported and cared for. We'll link them. Yeah, we'll link all awesome. of them. Um, I was going to ask, so I'm assuming this is like a state thing does it vary like the way you can get into it from state to state or is it more like city to city or nationwide or there's some like standard things or like for people who are interested in looking into this more yeah it does depend in some states there's like only private organizations and in other states it's only through government organizations but here in richmond you can either foster directly through like the department of social services um or there are therapeutic foster care agencies that um kind of have a different type of like wraparound support and also have kids that might have a little bit of different needs um so there's organizations like umfs that um is like a private organization or you can foster directly through like Richmond city or Henrico County and things like that. Interesting. This is a question that I didn't write down, but I just thought of. <laughs> um, so are there ever like big foster care, like events where like there's multiple families there and you get to see kids that you've had like years ago. So it is really cool. There are some awesome networks for foster families and adoptive families and kind of people that have been in this for a while to do like a flying squirrels game or something like that. And it is really cool to get to see not only like people that we've interacted with in the past, but I think it's also just really cool. Um, like for our adopted son to get to see other kids that are in similar situations and like families that look like ours and things like that. So it is cool to see that there are those organizations kind of bringing people together for something like that. Okay, speaking of your adopted son, can you tell us what that was like? How, when did you adopt him? Um, tell us the story. Yes. So he came to us in August of 2021. He was about 14 months old. And we thought he was only going to be with us for a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as these things go, there were a lot of unexpected things that kind of happened throughout um throughout his situation but um we officially adopted him in january of this year which is crazy and it was just an interesting thing because it is there is a lot of just heaviness and sadness that kind of happens in the process where things don't go according to what the plan was for this kid and that's really hard but throughout kind of the whole process and the journey i feel like we finally got to the place where it was like I'm allowed to be happy about this. Like I'm allowed to be excited that this is what our family looks like. And so it's kind of a roller coaster of emotions going through mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I bet. And are you guys still fostering? We Tell are. Yeah. Oh, nice. We are. How many kids do you currently have right at the moment? So we have our adopted son and then we have a teenager living with us. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. Cool. It's great. Um, okay. Here's a random one. How many, what is the most amount of kids you've had in your home and the least? The most we had was when we had three kids, and then we were like, maybe we are not set up for kids. <laughs> so then we had two. They were with us for about a year, and then we had one who we've now adopted, which it was like, wow, going from two kids to one kid is actually very easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now we're back to two, so yeah. Nice. Um, do your kids like your cooking? Um, the toddler is not a fan of vegetables which is just hilarious it's like yep this is this sounds right so I have had to get creative with how I hide vegetables into things but it's been a good learning experience 
do you only feed them um, like a vegetarian diet or do some of your kids eat meat? Oh, they all eat meat. (laughs) We've we've never tried to have anyone else eat a vegetarian (laughs) diet. And especially like, I think that is something interesting too, like in foster care specifically, like you want kids to have familiar foods, familiar flavors, familiar comforts and all of that. And so sometimes that means chicken nuggets and Takis and that's cool. I want all the food right now. Vegetables, meat, give it to me. Okay. I have any upcoming either vegetarian or vegetable friendly events or any upcoming events that might support the foster care system. Um, Like I know the Hanover Tomato Festival and the Supper Sum events are going on all about tomatoes. Listeners, if you haven't. Oh, I love that. that. Um, The Richmond Vegetarian Festival is going to be happening, I believe, in September at um, like the Dogwood Dell area. Oh, yeah. um, Which is great. Always a good festival. Always fun to be able to eat literally anything at the festival. (laughs) That is a fun experience. It is like a festival for the vegetarians. It's amazing. Do you participate in it or is it like you just go eat? I just attend and (laughs) eat all the things. And I'm like, it's so hard because it's like... I have to really strategize. Like, which truck am I going to go to? What dish am I going to get? Like, I could eat anything here. It's always a fun experience. Bring your camera. Oh, yeah, for sure. sure. Um, Okay, bringing it back to the foster care. Sorry. What is the hardest thing about being a foster parent? Ooh. I think that one of the things that I wasn't necessarily expecting was just how difficult it can be to sort of explain some of the unique challenges that come along with kids that are coming from hard places and just some of the like accommodations and things they might need that are a little little bit out of the ordinary or um, trying to explain different parenting styles to people that maybe have done it differently. I think that was an aspect that I wasn't necessarily expecting. Um, But I think it's also just been really rewarding, especially getting to have conversations with people about foster care and just what the purpose of it is and what we're here to support and what we're trying to do. I think it's been awesome to help get to try to educate a little bit and kind of spread the word on like what foster care is and what foster care isn't and why it matters so much. And um, going off of that, um, what do you, what kind of advice do you have for people who are considering becoming a foster parent? Ooh, I would say just take the class, just see what you think. We kind of went into it without any expectations, without really knowing what we were going to do next. And I think it is a very eye-opening training. I think you get to learn a lot about what to expect. And it certainly is not for everybody. I don't think that everyone should be a foster parent, but I think that there are ways that anyone could get involved. And so I think when you start to get a little bit closer to the system and the kids and the families, it can open your eyes to maybe ways that you want to get involved whether that's being a foster parent or maybe that's being a volunteer CASA worker who's sort of like an advocate for the kid throughout the case. Or maybe you want to help with an organization collecting donations to help celebrate kids that are having a birthday or something like that. And so I think the closer you get to it, the clearer it can be of how you could get involved. Love it. Um, and were the classes through VDH or? Yeah. Yeah. We did them through the county. Mm-hmm. 
And how long did that last? I think it was like a 12-week class, maybe. And then it was probably another like three months of home studies and paperwork and all that stuff. (laughs) If you could change the Virginia or Richmond foster care system, uh, what are some main ways or even one way you can think of off the top of your head? (laughs) Honestly, I feel like this is probably the simplest answer, but just like more resources. I feel like all the people we've worked with are amazing and are truly trying their best doing wonderful things in really hard situations. And so I think just access to more resources, more funding, more programs like would be amazing. Um, okay, well, is everyone okay to r- wrap up this segment of the interview before I ask how we can support Liz? I do want to ask that. They had a question here. Uh, what's the... Uh, What's the craziest experience you've had as a food blogger and as a foster parent? <laughs> Let's see. Those are probably two very different answers. Say, did it happen on the same night? No. <laughs> yeah. Craziest experience. Something fun. Something. One thing that's fun as a food blogger is just the people that I've gotten to meet along the way. Like I have met some of my best friends in Richmond through blogging. And it's so fun to see just the, the, um, the range of content creators in Richmond is kind of amazing and getting to see like, there's food bloggers, there's fashion bloggers, there's lifestyle bloggers, there's mom bloggers. There was a guy that had a blog about his beard. Like he just had a whole blog (laughs) about growing his beard. And it's like, that is so random, but I love it. And literally like one of the bridesmaids in our wedding, like I met her through blogging and it's like so random, but it really is like a cool way to kind of get to meet people and bring people together. That's so cool. Okay. And what about foster care? Yeah. I feel like I have to think on this one. <laughs> Probably been a lot. You've had a lot more experience than the average person does. With you know, you've had different children and different experiences. And through a pandemic, my yeah. God! Oh my through gosh! A yeah. pandemic. That was your first. Did you guys do too. anything like crazy, silly, funny, like camping out in the kitchen? We did do. Like, this was a fun memory of our COVID time. Honestly, like it started to feel like all the days were just running together. Like you couldn't even tell what day it was. And so every Friday we had a theme night. And so on Thursday, I would like slip a note under our foster son's door to like give him a clue as to what the theme would be. And then it would be like, like indoor camping or we would do like robot night where we'd have like themed food and themed movie and themed craft and like all these things. And it was fun to have like something to look forward to when it felt like all the days were the same. It was like, okay, what's the theme for Friday? You're so cool. It's really fun, fun to get to like look back on that and be like, man, that was fun. That was a hard season, but that was fun. <laughs> You're making my fun. heart swell up. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Okay. So, um, what is the name of your cookbook and where can we, can we find it? Amazon? It is the truly healthy vegetarian cookbook. You can find it on Amazon or Barnes and Nobles or places like that. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm definitely going to pick one up because we, it's cool. Like the different guests that we have on, we get to like, Support. support them all yes i've been Love buying it. the yes. books yeah. for sure Love it. um all right well i think it's time for a word from our sponsor are you guys schwitzing or are you spritzing <laughs> or both <laughs> i think you need to spritz that's right grab a coastal spritz it's amazing As we've said before, it's the first canned wine spitzer that we've ever actually loved. 
We have a box of rosé, watermelon, pineapple, and rosé, and the packaging and bottles are so, so cute. Oh, she's popping one open okay, now. One You're spritzing risky. now. Well, I'm going to take a sip of mine. Does anyone need another one? I will. Okay, you can grab you go. one. There you go. <laughs> because guess what? I can enjoy them without feeling guilty. Why? Why do you ask? Because they are 85 to 100 calories per can. Gluten-free baby seed. You ain't going to swell up at all. And the max of only five grams of sugar. It's amazing. And did I mention 100% real fruit juice? I mean, I feel like I'm mainlining a a pineapple or a watermelon, depending on which one I choose. Or your classic rosé. And it's so light. The flavor is just, it's not overwhelming. It's not too sweet. It's not too not sweet. It's just perfect. That's right. So Two, Two ingredients. Carbonated water and red wine. And rosé wine, rosé wine. Oh, because you're having the rosé. He's having the traditional rosé. He's a classy man. That's right. He's a classic. Um, Check them out. They're being sold locally here in RVA. You can find them at Benchtop Brewery, Corks and Kegs, and they'll be at the Watermelon Festival in a few weeks. Try them now because it's hotter than Hades out there, y'all. Spritz it up. Drink Coastal Spritz. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Time for fun stuff. Yes. Let's well, move on to it's some... all been fun, but even more fun. <laughs> let's lighten it up a little bit. Time for fun questions. Olivia, you got one? Ooh. Okay. This is a cool one for a food blogger. If you could invent a new dish, what ingredients would you use? And what would it be? okay this is a funny question because we are currently in the cottage cheese era i don't know if you guys have noticed yes cottage cheese bread i want to try literally i feel like i have been putting cottage cheese in everything and somehow it works (laughs) i don't know how pancakes dip pasta Mm -hmm. literally breadsticks bagels i'm telling you it's magic so my dish would probably involve cottage cheese i love that and now i want cottage cheese we're gonna make cottage cheese bread on sunday we are i'm telling liz this now okay (laughs) i'm up for it (laughs) lee you got one it would have to be garlic it, it, garlic, tomatoes, and mushrooms. Ooh. It's got those three things. I'll eat it. Put it on a car bumper, I'll eat it. <laughs> I love like weird, probably unhealthy combinations. Like I would like a dish that involves peanut butter, hot sauce. I don't know, ice cream maybe? <laughs> hey, peanut, hey, peanut butter hot sauce, that sounds like uh, Thai food. It does, yes. Yeah, it. It, could, it could have like a weird like coconut curry That's it. ice cream. Ooh, I'm getting hungry. Coconut. Or beer, I don't know. I had a coconut be- curry beer once and it was so good. It was, um, God, what's the one with the bicycle? Fat tire. Oh, yeah. They made like one batch and then they never made it again. It was so good. Oh, I almost burped. Okay. All right. So, you guys, last podcast I told you that I had a colonoscopy. (laughs) Um, And I found out that I'm not gluten intolerant or celiac, which is good news, but also, like, then why the hell am I experiencing all this? But, so I would choose bread because I can have it now. Yay. But we're still going to try cottage cheese bread. Bagels have returned. (laughs) And they're here to stay for life. But what is it? What was I going to say? Not as often as I used to have them. Because I think that might be my problem. Who knows? 
irritable bowel syndrome, guys. I have oh. Me too. Oh. Yep. Let me clap for us. <laughs> Thank God I don't. <laughs> All right, Lee, pick a question for our guest. Ah. Let's see. Oh. Okay, a good question for a food bar. What's the weirdest snack you like to eat? <laughs> oh, now I feel like I got to come up with something like really weird. Please. <laughs> okay, you know what is surprisingly good is sweet potato with almond butter. I used to do this all Ooh. the time, like microwave a sweet potato, mash it up, and put on almond butter and a little bit of cinnamon. It is so good. Sounds amazing. Ooh, yeah, so I'm good. So easy. That doesn't sound weird to me. <laughs> we were in Morocco and we got this weird, well, it's not weird, but it's their like main spread they use on everything. It's called Amlu. It's like an almond butter, but it already has spices and um, honey mixed in. Ooh. And so now that you said that, I'm like, hmm, the wheels Here are turning. Because <laughs> I just, the other night, I had a few drinks and I was just eating it with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> it hit the spot, but... I should put it on something. <laughs> the other thing I love that is apparently controversial is frozen grapes. I think they're Ooh, the I love best, that. especially this time of year. But put them on Instagram. You'll find out that is a polarizing opinion. Really? Uh, yes. These people are crazy. I love any frozen fruit. Same. Me too. I yeah, so I don't eat much fruit. I don't, I, I don't like sweets. I'm not a sweets person. Mm. But I, apples about as far as I'll go. I like, I like making my own apple recipes. Mm. God, the peaches right now that are so good, they make you want to slap somebody. Down in Georgia. That's that oh, yeah. shit. It's <laughs> cobbler, yeah. Um, I got one. Not food related, because why not? Um, what is the worst fashion or hair decision you've ever made? Okay, worst fashion decision. I feel like I have a lot of options, <laughs> but I don't know if it was my fault or if that was just. Remember when like wearing dresses over jeans was a thing? Oh my god, yes, I never got. Or that. like those tunics with the giant belts. Yeah, yes. I kind of like so it. many like the tunics with the belts and the leggings. And, yeah, I mean there was a lot of wet seal back in two thousand nine. <laughs> you know, wild fashion. I don't need to see those Facebook yeah, photos, Liv- but Livia, bring it back. Yeah. Oh boy, 2009 was a great year. Oh yeah, I've had a. We've talked about this a How lot. How old were you then? <laughs> what year? 2009. 2009. I was 13. Oh, love. 14. A baby. I was a baby, but we've talked a lot about poor fashion choices, and I'll tell you another one. <laughs> a big neon pink sports bra with a sheer black see-through tank top in college <laughs> beautiful and a bunch of ribbons in my hair i thought it was hot and knee socks Sexy. what the hell you're ready for a leg warmers concert uh, yeah, yeah i, wa- I was actually trying to uh, channel madonna or something but i was going to a regular club <laughs> i know that sounds like her outfit from desperately seeking susan that yeah, you always see <laughs> you know i always think i like am dressing so cool and then I, I wonder if I'm doing it now because I thought it was normal and then I look back at this age and I'm like what Olivia and I hope I'm not going to say that 10 years from now but what I'm wearing now yeah, I've been, well actually not this outfit but a one where I'm trying to look cute see I, it's a, I base my wardrobe primarily on what doesn't itch <laughs> <laughs> that's a good rule that's, that's funny same <laughs> I'll, I'll admit you ladies have it tougher when it comes to things like that uh. I have like like ten versions of the same thing. <laughs> black. Uh, yeah, bla- uh, black shorts 
and a and a black uh, golf shirt. That's it. It's a capsule wardrobe. Yeah. Yes. It's like, I, yes. I, you know, what was it? It's it's my look. I'm that's a. I'm eff- I'm affecting that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember like color schemes. Like I, we have, you remember Olin Mills? Yes. Yeah. Photographs. So my dad and I, we have a picture of the two of us where it's like my head floating in the background, but he's wearing like a mustard and taupe, like weird, all brown and doo do like diarrhea yellow oh. and I'm wearing <laughs> I'm wearing the same thing like echoes of it in the background horrible the head one. floating in the background that was an Olin Mills thing I remember <laughs> that I remember that look yeah that was their go-to hey, yep. I, I want to tell you I <laughs> I know, like literally that picture like burst into flames as you do that. <laughs> okay, I got one for you. And this is one, there's no, there's no existing pictures, which thank God. Um, I once had a leisure suit. What? Yes, yes. I wish there were pictures, but I'll yeah. try to imagine it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know what? It's like. What the, did Gretchen think of it? Well, I had, no, this was, I couldn't have been more than 13 or 14, but. But but my my mom thought oh that's in the fashion now let's let's get you a, let's get you a leisure suit and <laughs> with, the, with the jackets that had the 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 it's like the light blue jacket that had the stitching around oh the outside gosh, yes uh, it's like did you have the white uh, of like course, the white shoes or whatever? yeah I looked like it looked you like know, Randy Quaid from vacation yeah it's like uh, shitters full <laughs> <laughs> and I had this long hair it's like I had this 1970s long hair yeah it was, it was like. Yeah, there's no, but just the thought of it being out there somewhere just scares me. Oh, that's hilarious! Oh my gosh. Well, I think it might be time to go give on and say us. yes. Give it, give it to us, Lily. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay, I'll give it to you. And this time it's going to be the bomb. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, it's like everyone's heard about the new movie Oppenheimer. Uh, oh, that's the other movie. It's not just Barbie. It's, it's uh, Barbenheimer. Oh, I didn't realize. Saying people are doing, they're doing both movies and call it Barbenheimer. Uh, with the release of Oppenheimer, psychologists are now seeing a rise in the number of patients who are suffering from what the DSM calls apocalyptic anxiety disorder. It's a pathological phobia of the end of the world. You know what? I can totally understand that. Thousands yep. of people are reporting what they call bomb dreams okay. after seeing the movie. Uh, their, their, their unconscious sleeping mind replays the more frightening scenes from the movie, along with from other previous Hollywood nuclear holocaust blockbusters like uh, uh, Fat Man and Little Boy and Day After. If you're old enough to remember Day After. Those scared us so bad back in the 80s. Yep. Um, but uh, this isn't a new phenomenon. Apparently, it's like, it's like doomsday uh, panic has been, has been so widespread, they just, we just have something new. And they just rename it every few months. It's like, but, but Oppenheimer's <laughs> given us a new one. The pandemic uh, didn't help. Yeah, it's like, was it? They started with murder hornets. A lot of people have religiously based ones. Uh, there's the, uh, it's like, what, after 9 11, they said it was an ep- epidemic. Uh, the, then uh, said climate change uh, and COVID. Yeah, yeah, COVID caused, it's like, really a lot of depression, anxiety, and. Uh, in increasing rates of sadly suicide but Ooh. professionals are urging people to have these concerns to spend more quality times away from media <laughs> uh, it's like Good luck and with that. put the phone down yeah so hard spend time with friends family and activities that promote a life affirming attitude and it's important to remind ourselves of this great quote <clears throat> 
Our Earth is degenerate in these days, and there are signs the world is speedily coming to an end. This was written on an Assyrian tablet in 2800 B.C. Wow. It's always gonna... We're on, we're, yeah, it's it's like, always gonna end. Yeah, it's like I heard on the news today, oh, the heat's gonna kill us all. It's like, <laughs> like we're always... We're all, when? <laughs> that's, how get, that's, how the, that's how the TV gets viewers. It's like, just they gotta scare you. So, so don't be scared, folks. Just calm down. Just live your life. Keep and, calm. Listen to our podcast right. and relax. Watch the Barbie movie. <laughs> Keep calm and listen to listen to Oh La La in the Dungeon and eat veggies. That's it. <laughs> You'll survive. That's it. <laughs> Maybe right. have a camp out in your kitchen. Yes. Ooh. Not a bad idea. S'mores and I actually might do that tonight with my cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's time to guess Lee's name. Liz, we like our guests to go first. We each have three guesses. We'll go in a round robin, starting with you. Okay. Yes, and here it—it it is an unusual name. I will, that's the only hint I've ever given. Okay, I'm going to start off with Beethoven. Ooh, that's Ooh. a good one. No, okay. Fabio. Like Fabio. No. Loquacious. I don't think I'm loquacious. Uh, no. that's, that's actually an ad- adjective. I know, but it could be used as a name. You never know nowadays. Come on. Oh, yeah, I should change it. Has anyone gotten close? I have, apparently. Okay. And yeah. he said I got close once a long time ago. No, he didn't. Uh, he did. <laughs> what about Archibald? Ooh, no. Zachariah. No. Yes, that one, Baba. Oh, Ichabod. <laughs> No, oh, I would like that. I would like that name. There's so many cool Halloween names I would love. Augusta. No. Frankenstein. I don't know. She's thinking about my new business cards. <laughs> um, Raphael. And once again, another week, <laughs> another week has gone by, and another layer of dust gathers on the gift gift card. But uh, it's collecting you, interest. But thank you for playing. Yay! <laughs> yeah. And now um, we need to know how to follow you, Liz. Yes, give us where, all your socials. Um, we heard about where we can buy your book and the name. Um, where can we follow you? How can we support you? How can we s- support vegetarians in Richmond? I love that. You can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at iHeartVeggies. You can also find me online at iHeartVegetables. And I think the best way to support vegetarian and vegetarians in Richmond is probably to come to the Vegetarian Festival in September. Yeah, mark right? your calendars. Awesome. That actually sounds really fun. I know. Yeah. We'll be, I'll be there. there. I might have I'll to be. vlog it. Yes. section. It's awesome. It's great. And also, how can we, again, support the foster care system in Richmond? Where can we follow, like, Richmond foster care? There's a great organization called Virginia Kids Belong, which does a lot of great things for kids in the area. So we can maybe leave a link to that. And yes, definitely. This was so much fun talking to you. I know. This was great. Thanks yeah. for having me. I learned a lot. Yes, for fun. sure. Um, shout outs from the episode. Definitely mentioned. Um, Blue Atlas. Yes, Blue Atlas. Um, where else did we Stony go? Stony Point Fashion Mall. Yes, Maya's Belly Dancing. Yeah. Um, I said somewhere else. Well, Bovine Burger you love. Burger. Order it to go. Let me. Um, oh, and Mama J's for sure. 
or go to the market on 25th. Their fried chicken is there as well. Um, Beach House. Shout out to Rachel, the bartender. Shout out to Sean Speak and his partner who do karaoke all through Richmond. They do um, karaoke at the Beach House and at MPM Tiki Bar. They're awesome. They do karaoke on Monday at Beach House and then Friday and Saturday at MPM. They're like, seriously, karaoke can be boring. They make it so much fun because Sean will hype you up as you sing. He'll do backup for you. He'll dance around. He doesn't care. And I love him. I'm excited to have him on. Um, and shout out to Caddy's, our yeah, Caddy's. favorite Stomping ground. local watering hole over on the south side. Um, the Powhatan Bonanza Rodeo and Rocky Oak Farm because it's family owned and operated. And it's really awesome there. I really liked it. Agecroft Manor Shakespeare Festival. Uh, Roma Staples Mill and Moore Street Cafe. Yeah, ooh, Moore Street. I've been wanting to try that for breakfast. Oh, uh, generous and uh, cheap. I loved it. Well, yeah, the, the, it's 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 a working well, person. Good, breakfast. yes. Yeah. I love a greasy spoon. It's like a truck stop in the city. Yeah, <laughs> I love a truck stop. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, and of course, before we go, we got to shout it out to Lee Dungeon Studios. You need to record something. Why, yes, I do. Do you have a podcast? Why, yes, I do. Do you sing? Why, yes, I do. Welcome to Lee Dungeon Studio. (laughs) (laughs) I shall. And remember, if you need the sound, I'm underground. Except on Thursday, because he's underground with his best gals. That's right. They own my Thursdays. All right. Well, I think that's it for tonight. Thank you, everyone, for listening out there. Thank you, Liz, so much. I heart veggies. I know our listeners will as well. And I can't wait to eat more. Yes. Ciao until next time. Bye-bye.